line right now joining us on Shark Fights is a guy I actually uh, consider a, a friend of mine. He's New York bred, now retired, UFC IFL Bellator fighter. Jay Haran is on the line. What's going on, Jay? How you doing, brother? All good, Billy. <laughs> it's good to hear your voice, man. Enjoying my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you, you know, how excited are you to find out that MMA is now legal in our in our home state of New York? Is it kind of bittersweet for you now that you're retired? Yeah, bittersweet. I mean, that was one of my goals and dreams was to fight in um, Madison Square Garden in Manhattan in New York City. And um, never, I never got the opportunity, but I'm very happy that it's legal there and uh, a lot of other fighters get that opportunity now. And it's legal there. It should have been legal a long time ago. But uh, it's great that it finally is. Yeah, I listen, I you know, we're we're both on the same page with that. It should have been legal years ago. And um, you know, it's everybody's just very excited here in New York, you know, for the first fight coming up on November 12th. But let's get back to your career a little bit. You know, tell the fans and tell the people listening, what was you, one of the main reasons for your decision to retire? Um, you know, I mean, going through my career you know, people always ask you how many fights you have in you, how, when are you going to retire? And I would always say when I feel it, you know, on, you know, I go off, off my gut uh, on a lot of things I do in my life. And definitely in my fight career, I never wanted to fight a fight just for money or, you know, for other reasons other than I, I just love the competition of it. And, um, you know, it was getting down to the, to, to the end of me, my last fight. I just, you know, after that, I was like, you know what? I think that was it. I had that feeling, and that was it, man. I never thought about fighting again. You know, I've also been blessed with, you know, another career I'm doing now that I have just as much passion for as I have fighting. So that that definitely helped. You know, if I was just sitting around twirling my thumbs, like, okay, now it's time to retire. I mean, that would have been, you know. Uh, a harder decision, but I have something else I'm doing now. I'm an actor, a stuntman, so and I put a lot of my energy into that, and that's what I did at the time. I I kind of transitioned over into. Yeah, you know, tell the fans a little bit about that. Uh, you know, about what you're doing now. You're a stunt. You're telling me you're a stuntman. Uh, what are some of the films that you've been working on? Anything that uh, that's come out lately? Because I know there was some pretty high profile films that you were telling me about a while ago. Oh, man, yeah, I did a lot of stuff. I did Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man, a lot of stunt work on that. I did The Purge, the new Purge movie coming out. I did a, like, acting, action role in that with a little fight with um, uh, uh, Frank Grillo, the lead actor. Um, all the Marvel Netflix shows, I've been a part of those, you know, action acting stuff, you know. Uh, uh, so it's been good, man. I've been busy, um... You know, again, I have to put a lot of energy into it. You know, I don't feel I'm a natural actor, so, of course, I got to do the classes, the seminars and the auditions and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's been great, though, man. I'm blessed to to uh, have a, another direction to go in, which, you know, at the end of the day, uh, as an athlete, it's kind of a catch-22. You know, everybody says, hey, have a plan B or, you know, have something to fall back on. But you, when you're trying to be the best in the world, you got to kind of have tunnel vision, but also you got to kind of have, you know, okay, I, I like to do this too. You got to have something else you like to do where you could kind of, you know, change lanes and go in that direction when it's time because fighting doesn't last forever, you know, it right. doesn't. Right. And, right. um, you know, us as, us as fighters, not only fighters, athletes, NFL or basketball, you know, we put our, all our chips in one or basket or one, all our eggs in one basket and we kind of, you know, we kind of ride it out, which I get it, man. I mean, I've been there. You know, you have to. You have to put a lot of energy or all your energy on it and all your focus on it. But, you know, it's definitely smart and good to have a uh, plan B or, or just, you know, something else you like to do where, you know, if it's a business, you know, something else you have a passion for and something else other than just, you know, one thing you're focused on. Right. Well, you know, for a lot of people out there who don't know you personally, and I do, um, you're one of the most humble guys 
that I've ever met. And I'm really happy for you, Jay, that, you know, you found a career in film uh, even after fighting. Yeah. And, you know, has there ever been a time when, you know, it's kind of creeped back into your mind a little bit like, hey, you know what, especially, you know, with some of the things going on in the sport now, you've thought, well, maybe I could jump back into this or is that completely gone at this point? Um, well, first off, yeah, man, I try to definitely stay humble because, you know, nothing in life is guaranteed. You know, you could be up one day and down the next. And, and I know that everything I've got in my career, I had to work in work my ass off for so yeah humble is definitely you know one thing i am um thinking about going back to fighting the first year i retired you know i had a you know a few offers on the table where i was you know kind of contemplating but again man i i just threw myself into you know um film you know you know learning film fighting and learning how to act or an actor and dialogue and, and um you know took a lot of my energy and and you know not not really after that man i mean i'm i'm happy i love you know to to that that of course it's, it's illegal now in new york and of course that'd be one of my dreams to fight there but you know for me it's my time is, is gone and come you know and and um, I, I still get to train bro i, I still get in there and mix it up with, with the fighters in extreme couture or and when I'm in New York, Belmore kickboxing. That's right. And um, I still love to train. So, you know, whenever I have that itch, I'll get in there and, and um, you know, hit the bag or play around with some fighters. And, and um, But for me to get in there, uh, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And, and when I did announce my retirement, it, def- it did take a year because I didn't announce it right away and I was going back and forth. And But, um, you know, when I did, I was content, man. I... I Sport professionally, twelve years. I, I did, you know, I, I won a world title. I traveled the world with the fight game. It opened my doors to this. So I'd never say, you know, oh, you know, dang, I, sh- I could do one more go and do this. No, I feel like you know what? I gave it all I had. I, every fight I had, I prepared a hundred percent. I put, you know, win or lose, I went out there and would never give up and do my best. And you know, that's why I sat down with it and I was good with this, with this decision I remember when you and I first met and it was back in 2012 and you were an extremely focused individual you know and I brought up the fact that you were humble as well and you deserved everything you got all the opportunities like you're saying didn't just fall into your lap you were a guy who was focused and I remember the mission that when you and when we met and you were doing my show out in Las Vegas was at that point, yeah. just at that point in your career was to get back to the UFC, which was something that you were able to accomplish. And not only were you there once, fought in other organizations and then came back, but you were able to do it twice. And I thought that was yeah. a, that was an amazing feat, you know, and I watched you and I watched how focused you are at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, during the length of my career, I had, you know, I fought for UFC a few times, but I had a lot of opportunity, you know, amongst my career to go back and fight for them. I just took different opportunities because I, you know, with strike force, I had uh, better paydays, uh, title shots quicker, you know, but in the, the end of my career, I wanted to make a run for the UFC. And yeah, I did what I, you know, my goal, get back there fight the top guys, which I did, you know, win, lose, or draw. I went in there and, um, you know, gave it my all. And, you know, I'm content, man. I, you know, I, I of course, when I sit back, I feel, yeah, I, you know, I could have done better, could have done this, I could have maybe changed a few decisions I did. But, again, I'm good with all the decisions I made, and, and it's fine. And, you know, again, I'm happy what I'm doing now. Fighting, transition into this for me, it turned, you know, it opened my doors to what I'm doing now, and, um, you know, I don't have a bitter taste in my mouth over it. You know, some guys sit back and, you know, they just dwell on, you know, decisions they made or the moves they made, and mm-hmm. I try to just embrace them and say, you know what, it is what it is, and I did have a, a pretty good career, you know, and at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. I'm happy, I'm healthy, um, 
you know. Absolutely. You know, looking yeah, back, looking back at your whole MMA career, uh, are there any highlights that, you know, when you do reflect back that stand out in your mind? Is there anything that you some, I mean, that question's kind of been answered, but that you miss about the sport? <laughs> there, and you said, you're, I was uh, going to ask you if there are any regrets, but it doesn't sound like you have any. Yeah. No regrets. I mean, uh, memories are so many. I mean, you know, at, the, at first and foremost, there's nothing like getting your hand raised in front of 20,000 people in an arena or on TV, you know, there's no feeling like that. I don't care, you know, what I'm doing now. There's no feeling like it, but, you know, you know, that's a couple of things I'll miss. Of course, again, uh, legalized in New York, I'm at Square Garden. That's got to feel, you know, you know, in, immeasurable for a New York based fighter or guy growing up in New York. I mean, that's, that's the goal, you know, mm-hmm. go to MSG and, and, um, friends and family and just being in New York city, getting your hand raised, you know, in the, in the cage, it's, it's awesome. You know how long it took. So being a part of that is got to feel great. But for me, of course, you know, winning my world title, you know, in, um, in Connecticut with the IFL was great. You know, I was an underdog and, you know, I think the guy I was fighting was undefeated and I go out and knock him out in the first round. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, yeah. Another highlight was Jason High. I made a lot of money on that fight, and um, I was going through a little few things in my life at the time, and and um, and um, yeah, it worked out well. You know, even even the whole event leading up into that, they were gonna pull the fight from the card right as we're warming up. They're like, "Oh, we don't have time for the fight. We're gonna try to bump it, and and we'll see. Just stay warm." So just going through all these emotions. And then I'm right in the back, ready to come out, you know, to walk to the to the ring, and my I wear rosary beads, and it popped. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh man! I see Randy pick it up. Randy Couture picks it up, just starts fumbling with it for about two minutes, and then finally he puts it back over my neck. Somehow he rigged it where it fit back on my neck, and I was back in my zone. So just crazy stuff before you know a lot of crazy stuff went on before that and for me to feel like i went out and still performed exactly what i was going to do it was a great feeling oh, that's so a-, a lot of little memories over time but um yeah it was, it was awesome you know yeah a lot of awesome, that's a great awesome that's a, time to travel that's, in the world that's a great story jay and well i'm gonna get I, actually i have another great story that i'm gonna ask you about later on but i have to okay. ask you i know that there was some matchups you know, we're, we're talking about your MMA career. Were there any matchups uh, that you wished had gone through that you wished you had had? I mean, I know that you fought people like George St. Pierre. You fought some pretty high-profile fighters throughout your career. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, when I strike plus, I was in line for the title shot, and me and Nick Diaz were supposed to fight. We didn't. I was so ready for that fight. That would have been good. Um, um, what else? Uh, a few other ones over the time, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I could definitely sit here and say I fought everybody that was put in front of me, and, you know, and I prepared well. I was always uh, going into the fight, you know, with, with 100% my all and never, you know, in a fight, never, ever gave up anything. You know, I fought for everything, win or lose, I, I, I was there to, to win, and, um, yeah, I always had the fighter mentality, and, and um, yeah, uh, another fight I I thought I won, but but it was a hometown. I thought decision was Ben Askren. That was a fight I thought, you know, um, it was definitely, you know, not judged right. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't count on the judges for and and the decision. You know, you got to go out there and finish fights, and, and um, don't leave it in the judges' hands. You're one of the few fighters that's probably fought for every MMA, major MMA promotion. Uh, what do you think were like the biggest differences between all the promotions? Uh, biggest difference. I mean, of course, at the at UFC's top, you know, they got the most uh, push for the fighters and most notoriety. I mean, they, they did a great job of branding themselves because when you talk about MMA, they don't even say, oh, MMA. They say UFC. Oh, you fight UFC? You know what I mean? So that's why... They did, you know, for their end, you know, for the fighters end, you want the 
the fans and everybody to know your name so you make more, you know. But, you you know, people think MMA is UFC. But, yeah, they did. You know, that's the biggest that's the biggest machine. And they're, you know, pushing, um, you know, their product, which is their name out there, you know, and that's why they're on top. But, I mean, for me, I had a great experience with like, the IFL. We were, I was on a salary which was salary every month, which for a fighter is golden, you know, because we fight, you know, well, if you're healthy every, you know, on a top level, you fight three times a year, and that's a lot. So I was on salary with ISL, which was awesome. You know, it helps with the bills. It helps you, you know, maintain your lifestyle. And then I fought my fights, and I got my pay. Um, um, strike force when I was with them, no problems at the time. Um, you know, Bellator, when I was with them, they started the tournament style, which was very rough. That was one of the roughest things I did in my career. That was uh, the tournament I fought once. I fought three fights in um, about every three weeks or four weeks. It was, it was a grind. You know, it's almost, it's almost you want to fight a tournament in one day. So, because when you fight a fight, the injuries start sinking in like the that week, you know, and you already have to be back in training camp. So it's almost like you're probably better off to fight it in one night because your injuries don't have time to kick in yet. You know, you're going to be injured no matter what. But, you know, that swelling up and uh, the aches and pains, and then you got to go back into training and cut and weight and this and that. So that was very hard. I like what Bellator did now with, um, you know, just making it one-on fights. Um, uh, yeah, for WBC, I fought Affliction. It was great. They paid great. I got a nice bonus to sign with them. Um, I thought that was going to be around longer than it was. Um, obviously, it wasn't, but uh, it was different, and, and I liked it. It was good. They were bringing in top-level fighters. Fadewell actually fought on the card I fought on, which was awesome. Yeah, man, you know, again, I, I definitely pride myself on fighting on all the top organizations. And, um, you know, I was a guy... I never, you know, sat back and waited for, for um, somebody to, you know, tell me what I'm worth. I would try to go out and get what I'm worth. Because, you know, there's a saying I always heard, you know, you're only worth what you feel you're worth. So I would definitely weigh options. And, um, again, over my career, I did turn down UFC a few times to go to, like, strike force. And after that, to affliction. You know, I had bigger paydays. I had... You know, I thought they were going to be around a long time. I thought um, at the time that I was going to be in line quicker for a title shot. You know, again, I don't take it back, you know. But, you know, again, like we said earlier, do you wish I would have did this and that? Sometimes I think about it, but at the end of the day, no, I wouldn't. I don't stress myself over it. Now, was there a, a huge difference from the first time you were in the UFC to the second time you, when you came back? Because there was a, you know, quite a, a couple of years there in between. Was there a difference as far as the way the promotion had grown or differences that you saw personally? Um, I mean, yeah, they just got bigger and bigger. I mean, the first time it was like, oh, man, UFC 70-something. <laughs> and then uh, I think it might have been earlier than that. Um, but... uh yeah, it just got bigger and bigger, more media press, more, you know, bigger venues, bigger fans, bigger everything, you know. They they are definitely, you know, uh, uh, know how to make everything bigger. <laughs> now, I've spent a little bit of time as a, as a ref and a, and a judge and worked with some cut men and stuff, but the fight that usually always seems to come up when they're teaching anything in relation to to a bloody fight. They're always talking about the fight with you and Jonathan Goulet. Uh, Stitch mm-hmm. Duran says it's probably one of the hardest cuts that, you know, he, he didn't feel he was able to stop, probably one of the only ones he wasn't able to stop uh, due to the placement. And there was a rumor going around that, you know, John Shorley started kind of getting sick from the smell of the iron uh, because there was yeah, so was, much blood. Was, yeah, I was what, what, smelling blood for three, four days after that, man. Um, what was, yeah, what was I mean, the real story won't... behind the stoppage? Uh, it was just so much blood. I mean, honestly, I they were letting it go. I, I was amazed that it was still going on. But, you know, I, hey, I was still in the fight. <laughs> I guess it was before uh, UFC really got on the map. So, you know, they didn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is too much blood yet, you know. And it was for the first fight night, I believe, first fight night card. So, 
You know, and then, I mean, hey, man, I was still in the fight, no doubt about it. I was all over this kid. You know, it was just, you know, the blood just wouldn't stop, man. Every time I was squeezing, it would squirt out my forehead like a faucet. You know, it was all over the place. I was covered head to toe in blood. He was covered head to toe in blood. Yeah. <laughs> Good for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If that was like on Fox now, who knows, you know. I heard something to the effect of now that they're cleaning the mat in between commercials or something, like, you know, just to get the blood oh, wow. off. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a different game. Because this way, you know, aesthetically on television, it's not so dramatic to some of the new fans that are watching, you know. Yeah, that definitely that would have been dramatic first fight night ever and this guy's leaking everywhere like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think at that at that time the fans that watched it at that time they knew what they were seeing so they absolutely loved it. But yeah, if you took today's yeah. fans or them trying to grow it's it's kind of a different story, I guess. Even more though now, I mean, that was then where you know a lot more fans now are educated so they probably could understand the more I, I got, uh, you know, grazed with a knee. So that's why I was bleeding so much. Plus, uh, I think I cut, like, uh, something in my head where, like, right around a vein. That's why I was bleeding so bad. Yeah. But when I talked to Stitch about it, he was saying that that was, like, really, really close as far as the placement of that cut, that it was so close to the vein that that's the reason it just kept squirting out. It was really... Cuts to the head are already kind of hard to stop, but he was saying just the yeah. placement was just so perfect for that that it just kept yeah. you know squirting out and not the um, the vasoconstrictors just couldn't stop it. Yeah, he put something in it. Uh, um, going back into the round, it stopped for about one point second, <laughs> and um, as soon as I stood up and walked back to the center, it was leaking again. Another another time I was able to see you actually fight was. Uh, an event that you guys kind of pieced together last minute, and that was here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Um, was that an affliction card that fell through? No, that was uh, not an affliction. Well, maybe it might have been an affliction, affliction card they were supposed to do. Another promoter took it over, and we went from there. And, um, yeah, man, I still got to do my fight, so that was one thing I was happy about. <laughs> but I'm not sure 100% of if it was affliction or not. I know it was, I was in transition to sign with affliction around that time, and that's what I know. I think they might have had something to do with it. They were trying to do a show in Vegas that maybe it did fall through. I definitely had a few over time fights fall through for me and organizations collapsing around me. So, you know. Like being a fighter, man. Just go roll with the punches. Roll with the punches, man. You know, speaking of which, you know, you brought up, uh, Felipe, you brought up Stitch Duran. Uh, another, you know, personality that we've come to see over the years, legendary personality, uh, Stitch Duran, who also transitioned into film. What are your thoughts on what his situation is as far as his relationship with the UFC and what went down just uh, not too long ago? Ah, uh, man, it sucks, dude. You know, this guy's been around from day one. He's great, great at what he does. Probably top of the list in his field. You know, you call him. You know what I mean? If you're looking up great cut men and, and a guy that wraps hands and you have a list, I mean, he's got to be at the top of it. So, I mean, you know, it sucks that, uh, you know, he's not a part of it. But, you know, Stitch is, Stitch is great, man. If you got talent like that, it don't matter where you're at. You're going to be... Uh, you know, people are going to want you to work for their organization or, or work for their fighters or work in their corner. I mean, Stitch does big things anyway. He's overseas with, uh, you know, um, um, Vladimir, the, the heavyweight world champion, well, former heavyweight world champion, you know, the Klitschko brothers, he's in their corner. They they um, um, they fly him out to, to rap them, and, and um, he does big boxing fights. So I mean, you know what? Stitch is not—he's not, he's not a, you know—he's he, not worried about it. You know, at the end of the day, I, I respect Stitch. You know, he still—he still got his stuff going on. He still has his name, you know. And, and um, that's it, man. You got to be like that. You know, you can't have all your eggs in one basket like we talked about earlier. You got to have, mm -hmm. you know, a little eggs in B basket, <laughs> a little eggs in C basket, just in case. Because at the end of the day, in life, you never know. Nothing's guaranteed. You know, life is like a fight. You got to roll with it. 
you know. Yeah. Life is uh, a foot on your neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still got to yeah. be able to breathe, man. I'm telling you. We work with, uh, with a lot with, like, athletes from amateurs to pros and them trying to, you know, market themselves better and take care of, you know, that, that kind of side of things as far as, you know, being able to sell tickets and, you know, getting them hooked up with people that, that help them as far as establishing their own brands. You know, obviously what we saw with yeah. Stitch is an example of that. You know, Stitch was... I mean, he wasn't going to do the Reebok thing because he's been a brand. He's been a household name for such a long time. How do you, yeah. how do you, you know, how do you feel about, you know, what's been going on now? Like, you know, fighters are are kind of in a position where it's harder for them yeah. to brand themselves, you know, than it was before. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the era we're in. You know, you know it's a shame they they took a lot of food out of the fighters' mouth. You know, it's like, you know, they already make all this money and now. You know, they took, you know, a lot of fighters would make more money on their sponsors than their fight, and now they took that away. You know, they got this, uh, the the rule is uh, how many times you fought is how many times, you know, your pay rate, you know, is, is it goes on how many times you fought in the UFC, not how many times you fought your career in UFC. So if you're coming into the UFC with 20 fights and, this is your first fight UFC. Now you're on that rate salary for a sponsor. So I mean, you know, it's it's just crazy because you know you're taking food out of the fighter's mouth. A lot of fighters, again, their pay rate would have been, um, you know, the standard or, or the bottom pay rate, and then but they might have made money with sponsors, you know. So they took that away. I don't have to deal with that though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just, I just find those things kind of interesting, especially, you know, when, when there's a person that was in your position where you came up from the very beginning. Well, you can't say the, exactly the beginning, but at that time yeah. when, when UFC kind of burst on the scene more, more, uh, more popular with, with a lot of mainstream fans to yeah. be able to see kind of what it is today, because you were able to control basically the way that your money came in and now... Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you see that they're that they're not able to, and I'm sure you've seen that with a couple of guys at Extreme Couture. You know, a lot of guys are just taking it for what it is. You know, they're trying to. Again, you got to have some type of tunnel vision. You know, going through a fight career and and you know worrying about every little situation that happens, it just hurts your your performance and your energy on the task at hand, and that's getting in and and you know control what you're going to do in the fight rather than worry about you know this manager or or UFC fucking you, or this and that, you know, you have some control. If you go out there and knock dudes' heads off and keep doing it, you know, you know you're going to get a shot, you know, you're going to get money. I mean, it just takes time, but that's kind of the game. I mean, they got the structure. I, I don't like how they have the structure, but it would take a whole, you know, lineup of, of all the big money fighters to, to come and say, listen, we need changes have to be made, which, you know, I doubt they're going to do that because they, they take care of those guys. So it's really like there's a super, you know, in between. There's guys that make money and then there's guys that make, you know, no money. So in order for everybody to make money and for be, you know, fair, you know, a lot of the top guys would have to come together. And, and again, it would have to be like an NFL union, you know, for, for guys. I mean, you know, even guys that make money after, okay, you make money five years in the UFC, you know, if you don't save and, and you're not smart with it, what do you do after that? You, you play five years in the NFL or more, you're in, you know, you're in the union where, you know, you're getting money. <laughs> All right, Jay, as a, as a pioneer um, in, in mm-hmm. MMA, what advice do you have for up-and-coming fighters uh, in today's industry? I mean, you know, follow your passion, man. If you love this, definitely go full force. You know, have tunnel vision training. Take care of your body. Uh, put good people around me. You know, they don't have to be the best. Put good people around you where, which what I mean is good. Make, you know, make sure you have people around you that care about you rather than just wanting that one-way ticket to the top. And, you know, when you, if, you know, you lose there, you know, nobody's around. They scatter like roaches. So have good people around you. Um, I know it's hard, but definitely plan B, man. Fighting doesn't last forever. You know, find other things you like to do. 
and um, you know, just have that in your back pocket and from time to time. You know, focus on it. But I know that's hard because you got to be all in and have tunnel vision for fighting. But you have to have a plan B. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I wish you know the game um, would change where they had a union, and I believe it will one day. But uh, it's probably not this generation of fighters. It might be the following generation or the generation after that. It just it's going to take time for something like that to happen. Like like sort of the NFL has, you know, where, you know, you play five, six years in the league and then, you know, you have, you know, um, money coming for you and health type of things coming for you, which our sport is rougher than NFL. If not rough, it's just as rough. I know they get a lot of head trauma in that as well, and I don't want to compare it's a rough business as well, but our sport is very rough, very rough. Not only the fights we get in, it's the training, the accumulation of hits to the head. So, um, you know, just definitely be smart about health. And, um, and man, guys mm-hmm. kick ass, man. I want to see all these guys coming up. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, the UFC – will become like the NFL? Do you think part of the sponsorship and the Reebok deal was kind of uh, corporatizing the kind of uh, polishing the brand a little bit, kind of grooming everything to become the next NFL type of organization? Um, and do you think the UFC may sell eventually? I, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, as somebody that fought in the, in the, in, you know, this business and, being involved, I hope that for I hope for the the up and coming fighters and a new generation. I hope it's like that for them. I hope you know it gets more like a union type of thing because you know then it's you know because at the end of the day we're gonna see the the residual effect from fighting of the fighters now. You know you know ten years or fifteen years from now where when they don't have you know no help and benefits and this and that and all they did was fight you know and it's gonna be you know hopefully it's not not as bad as 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 reality is gonna put it but uh you know again for for future if that's the the direction they're trying to go in with the Reebok and be similar to like NFL and and you know get that big yeah I hope they have the you know the, the 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 union that comes with that and the health benefits that come with that and, you know, you fight for them for so many years, you should be uh, taking care of you. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, you know, us as fighters, we leave a piece of ourselves in there, you know, for the fans, for, for, the, for the organization, for the entertainment, you know, for the love of it, you know, for everything. It's a mix. But, you know, some fighters leave a little piece of themselves in there, man. I mean, you know, take it from me. You definitely get in there, you know. You know, you're going to leave some damage in there. That's just what it is, you know. That I mean, again, we're not we don't crying as fighters. That's what we sign up for. That's what we love. We love to get in there. Hey, win, lose, or draw, knock you out, you knock me out. I mean, that's what it is. But and we're not crying over it. But at the end of the day, man, we we need to be taken care of. You know, we right, need to be yeah. taken care of. Like the NFL players are, are kind of taken care of. You know, we we should be taken care of. You know. You 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 play our fights all these years later, our highlights, and and you know we're not getting residual from that. You know we don't get a check in the mail from that. UFC gets a check, and fans, you know they love to watch it, and we just sit, sitting around, you know, like oh damn, <laughs> yeah I remember that. Well maybe I don't remember. That. I remember waking up from that. 100%. Again, the way the direction they're trying to go in, I don't know, but. You know, the Reebok, yeah, makes it more uh, like a NFL type of organization or they're trying to get NBA-ish. And yeah, I mean, hopefully they step up and do the right thing for the fighters and, and um, you know, they get the benefits as well, you know? Yeah, Do, you, do you, what do you think of the chances are uh, that, that the UFC would ever sell? There was some rumors going around a while ago uh, that there were some, um, and then they may, they may be on the, the table. Uh, I mean, yeah, why? I mean, who knows that if they could make some bank off that? I don't think they. I mean, I don't know, but I I don't. I wouldn't say it's it's not possible. Anything's possible. 
Absolutely. And one of the things I, I heard, heard was it was kind of crazy was uh, Lorenzo Fertitta had he had there was an article that they had wrote and he had uh, uh, written, and he was basically saying, you know, I always tell tell the fighters that are there that they that the restaurant that they want to open probably won't work out, that this other business venture probably isn't going to work out, that they should stick to what they know, which from my perspective is, you know, the opposite of what yeah. you're saying. And I also feel that it's terrible advice, you know, cause I, when I, when I, when I sit down with fighters, I always tell them, I'm like, you have two jobs in this game right now. One is to train and fight. That's how you're going to eat today. But the other one is to like figure out your plan B cause it's going to chew you up and spit you out. And you need yeah. to do both and of those means- at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and you see it all the time with pro athletes. I mean, and, and athletes that like are in the NFL, and they make million dollar contracts, and five years after they retire, they're broke. You know what I mean? They have a store. They have a show on Thirty for Thirty on on um, Netflix, and it's called Broke. About you know guys coming into the league, mm-hmm. getting paid big signing bonuses, making so much amount of money over their career, millions of dollars, and then they're like, where to go now? Being that said, okay, you could point fingers and say, oh, they weren't smart with their money, but, you know, still, they're making so much more money than the average fighter in UFC makes. So, I mean, and we're going out there doing, (laughs) getting just as much, if not more, head trauma. I don't want to compare, but I feel, you know, as a fighter, you're getting so much head trauma, nothing but head trauma from the sparring sessions to the fighting to, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Put, put five, ten years on that, you know? And that's why I say we leave a piece of ourselves in there, you know, when you go in there. If you fight on the top level, there's a chance you're going to be hurt, sore after the fight, for sure. You know, only, you know, sometimes you come out, you go knock a guy out within a few seconds. You know, it doesn't happen a lot. But you're going to get hit when you get in there. You know, do you attribute that to, you know, actually a guy you fought, George St. Pierre, do you think George just got to a point in his career when he he felt the same way that you did? He was just like, look, you know, I well, need to man, let, years. let me tell you something. I think George should ride off into the sunset. You know, I think he should squash any comeback. This is my opinion. He went out a champion. He made a lot of money. You know, he's worth a couple mills. Um, you know, what else do you have to prove but come back and tarnish your own legacy, you know? You slow down, there's no doubt about it, because no man can outrun Father Time. And even if you did come back and win a fight, I mean, now what? You're just going to be, that 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 train is going to be a moving again, you know, and then they're going to want to fight you, this guy or that guy. Do you need it for money if you're just missing something in your life and want to compete? You know, you need to find something else to do, because... That's the thing with being a fighter. We're like that. We love to fight. We love to get out there. And, you know, you know, one of my favorite fighters, Roy Jones Jr. I mean, I can't, well, I wish he would just pack it in. You know, he's a great, he was great at one time. Listen, if Roy Jones would have retired after he fought um, for the heavyweight title, who did he fight? Ruiz? Back Ruiz, in 2001, yeah. he should have went off into the sunset. Because after that, that's when he slowed down. That's when he lost to Tarver, got knocked out, and then it, you know, kind of like it was a domino effect. So, you know, I think us as fighters need to be smarter and just listen. You accomplished so much for yourself. You're a multiple-time um, UFC world champion. You fought the best. You have great fights. You've made a lot of money. Man, right off into the sunset, drink your margarita, smoke your cigar. <laughs> <laughs> that's great advice. Yeah. See, that's the advice right there, Jay. You know, your last fight in the UFC was with Tyron Woodley. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on Woodley great. versus Lawler coming up? One guy I like is Tyron Woodley. Real good dude. Humble guy. Another humble guy. I like him. No regrets fighting him. And, you know, he was the better man that night all, all day. Uh I, said, I I wish the fight would have went longer, you know, because I was very prepared. That's one fight where I could say, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I went in, you know, there was nothing wrong in my camp. I saw 100% going in. I was on my game. I mean, you know, it's the fight game. Just got caught. All good. Being that said, he's a great guy. He's humble. Wish him the best. Um, yeah, he's going up against Lawler. Tough dude, man. Lawler's tough. Uh guy I like, you know, came up with um, 
you know, turned his career around, which I respect 100%. Those are the fighters I like that go through adversity in their career and then turn, or, turn it around and come back and just put themselves back on the map. Never get nothing given to them, work their way up, and that's the Lola. That's Lola. Um, I don't know. This fight is interesting. Um, you know, if you look at Lola's last two fights, he's been in some wars. So I'm interested to see what Lola shows up. He might be an old Lola. You know, he might... You know, he might not have these dog fights in him anymore. I mean, that's and that's how it happens with, with um, fighters. It's an overnight thing. You know, one day you're the man, the next day you come in, you're old. And it's accumulation of, of the wars. He's had some war, wars lately. Woodley's coming off a nice layoff. He's, he's healthy. He's, he's, he's fired up for this title shot. He wants it. You know, he's really um, motivated. You know, it's an interesting fight. I mean... And it, then it depends on what style of fight these guys are fighting. You know, Lola's uh, a banger. You know, he wants to come in and bang. Woodley hits hard, too. I mean, so, yeah, I'm interested. It's an interesting fight. Um, again, the, my concern, again, with Lola is, is you know, the, the last few fights he had was dog fights. I mean, you know, back and forth, grind, you know, mono a mono type fight to I give you one, I take one type thing. So interested to see how he looks. And um, yeah, and but it, it's, I, I expect I expect fireworks. Both guys are, are great fighters. Any uh, any pick? Any pick on the fight? I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Woodley, man. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think uh, this guy is. Uh, the real you know, deal. Hungry, motivated, and and um a little a little bit of pressure right now, and and that could be the and that could be the decision on on the day because you know when two fighters are are, are good both you know kind of equal in areas you know I think of course I think um, Lola stand ups a little better you know more more um, weapons but. I think uh, Woodley is just as hard, man. I mean, you know, he has knockout power too. Um, and um, but again, I think the deciding factor is, you know, uh, who's fresher. And and I just think Woodley's going to be a little fresher. He hasn't took as much damage over his career as Lawler. Okay, being that said, Lawler's the champ, and he's still he's in the mix. He hits hard, and he's and he got the biggest heart, and you know. But I, I give a little advantage to Woodley. Yeah, I, I agree on that one. You know, <clears throat> speaking of which, you know, you, you we talk about your career and 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 some of the the fight cards that you've been on, uh, and I'm sure you have some up and coming fighters or fighters that are still out today that are your you know that you respect and that you probably are fans of. Um, I want to go back to something you fought on the Gina Carano Chris Cyborg card in Strikeforce, correct? Yes, sir. And what are your thoughts on the evolution of women's mixed martial arts? And, of course, naturally, everybody thought it was going to be Gina Carano. What does she do? Almost the same career path as you and Stitch doing films. Now she's kind of, you know, not in the game anymore. Ronda Rousey comes around, gives a lot of attention to the sport. What are your thoughts on women's mixed martial arts and the rise and fall kind of, of Ronda Rousey? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's big for the women. I mean, they came so such a long way. I mean, um, you know, Ronda's done a lot for the sport. Um, and you know, I, she had the right fight to put in front of her, and she performed. And um, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, now there's a few women out there that that are kick ass, and 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 um, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, they gotta. You know, they're stepping up their game every day, just like they should be, and, and it's good for them, you know. For, for the women that are putting them on the map, they, uh, they're they running with it, you know. Yeah, I, I it's amazing to see yeah, the evolution. Because that, that particular fight card, that Gina Carano-Chris Cyborg card, in my opinion, was the turning point for women's MMA. And it was yeah. just a matter of time before someone like Ronda came along and the UFC got on board with that. 
and it's yeah. it's just it's just amazing to see now that you look forward to those fights just as much as uh, the men's you know division, and it, it's just crazy. Uh, and you were part of that, you know. You, when you think about it, you're part of that yeah. history, you know. Being on that. Speaking of history, you. Uh, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this story up, and I just don't, this is just funny for the fans, and I'm sure Felipe will get a kick out of hearing this. Uh, naturally, you're friends with a lot of New York fighters, and you've come to know them yeah. over the years, but you have history. If everybody remembers the New York badass Phil Baroni, uh, do, you, <laughs> do you mind telling everybody the story of how you met Phil Baroni? How oh, I met Phil Baroni. Uh, me and Phil came up in wrestling in high school. He wrestled at Massapequa High School. I wrestled at Freeport. And, um, you know, we would always see each other at tournaments. And then if you win the counties at the time, it was a one-county champ, like a Nassau County champ. You form a team, which I won the counties uh, three times. So we represented Nassau going up to the States. And I think Phil won it the same either three times or twice so we were on the same team and we went to, then we ended up both uh going to Nassau College after that so we were teammates again on Nassau and um, um we had a coach named Hanky <laughs> Hanky we call him Hank, uh, Hank Dog he's like uh if you could picture uh Mickey from Rocky that's that's what Hanky was to us and um one time we upstate you know, Phil's a lot hot, hot head, so am I, live wire. And we're up in um, uh, Buffalo. We're doing a tournament up in Buffalo. For some reason, I don't know who started it, but me and Phil are about to get into a fight, and it's it's uh, it's about four feet of snow outside. And, um, yeah, <laughs> me and Phil started. It gets out of control, man. Um, Phil's coming at me, you know, big, white gorilla swinging and I'm trying to find something to pick up to hit him with. Uh, he was boxing at the time, you know, so, so he was already thinking he's a knockout artist. So I'm trying to pick up a chair and I had big old Timberland boots on. I'm trying to kick him, and all of a sudden in the background, you had Hanky like Mickey again, visualize Mickey. Hey guys, get out of here. You guys are walking home. So, Instantly, the fight stops because we, of course, me and Phil respect the Hanky. We look outside and we're both like, "Yeah, we're cool. We're cool, coach." And we slap fives and we're back to you know being cool again. We look through that snow outside. We're like, "Hell no, we're not going traveling back home in this snow." Yeah, you know, walking. Um, yeah, that was all good. Yeah, that's a great. I always thought that was a great story, man. That's awesome. What are some of the things that uh, you miss about New York? You know, I know that you go back and forth. Well, I know that you train yeah, well, I don't miss anything because I'm always in New York. <laughs> I mean, I, I split my time. I'm, 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 I live in New York as well now, and um, yeah, I love New York. There's no energy in the world like New York, you know. You coming There's back no to city? You, you coming back to our area or what, Jay? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm work a lot in New York. I film a lot in New York. I live in New York. Oh, I'm on the West right now, but I have a place in New York as well. You know, I'm. Most of my filming is in New York, so um, definitely gonna touch base with you when I'm when I'm there next time. I actually have a gig uh, beginning of next month in New York, so I'll be back maybe even before that. But I'll definitely be back in New York uh, first week of July. Uh, that's great, man. I look forward to uh, hearing from you. And I gotta ask you one New York question: favorite pizzeria in New York? Oh, uh, favorite. Because you know they Man, don't have real pizza. You know there's no real pizzeria yeah. out there in Vegas. Come on, Jay. I'm going to just go <laughs> long, uh, Romeo's and Freeport. Rome. That's probably where I get most of my. All right. Yeah. You heard it here, fellas. Because- there's a bunch of them, man. Any, any pizza spot in New York you go to, you, you'll win. So, yeah. Now, you can't lose out there. No, you can't. You know, you can't. There's so many pizzerias. There's like a great pizza on every corner in New York, and I'm always interested in hearing everybody's choice. And it's usually where they grew up. They have their favorite pizzeria. Yeah. So Felipe, who's calling in, he's our, you know, Vegas correspondent. Uh, if Felipe, we ever get you to New York, man, 
we're gonna carve you up like you have no idea. <laughs> it's not carve you. It's not carve you up. It's carb you up, man. So carb me up. Yeah, you, you'll be carved <laughs> we're up gonna here. Take you to get the pasta and meatballs too, man. <laughs> That's it. That's it, brother. Well, uh, look, Jay, I, I got to tell you, man, as a, a friend and somebody that I've worked with, not only on radio, television, I, I've become friends with you. Uh, I want to thank you. You're inspiring to talk to. Um, and I wish you all the best in your future career in film. And I really look forward to seeing you, man, when you get here to New York. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Definitely. Thank Thanks. Uh, you always interviewing me over the years and Definitely the fans, man, still trying to keep tabs on me, and um, definitely appreciate that. A lot of people still want to know what's happening with me, and, um, you know, that, that, that's awesome. You know, I, I appreciate all the love I've gotten over the years. What, what's the best way for the fans to keep up with you, like social media-wise or anything like that? Yeah, you know, my uh, my Twitter is still active, Jay Haran, my name, and then um, Instagram, I post a lot there on my Instagram. Again, that's my name, Jay Haran, together, J-A-Y-H-I-E-R-O-N. Um, yeah, I do a lot of updates on Twitter and and, um, and um, Instagram and uh, Facebook as well, my name. So, you know, you know, on the film stuff, you could look at my, uh, my IMDB page, which is my name as well. Um, that's it, man. The grind never stops, man. I'm trying to, they, if they open the door a little bit, I'm kicking it in. I still use my kicks. <laughs> that's it, brother. That's it, brother. Speaking of which, you know, I know that you're, uh, you know, you, you talk about having good people around you. And one of the people, and there's a few people from my time in Las Vegas, and two of them are on the line with me right now. Uh, but you know who else is on the East Coast right now is uh, Ray Seffo. And I think that the World Series right. of Fighting, World Series of Fighting, is in Connecticut Big tonight. Bro. That's it, man. Yeah, I wish I was there. If I was in New York, I would be there. Big I, Bro, right there, he's doing great things with the with the organization. A lot of great fights. That's right. We we spoke. You got a guy fighting uh, on, on the part tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's great, man. Well, look, I really look forward to seeing you, Jay. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, we definitely got to hang soon, bro. Have some pizza. All right, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Talk soon. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. This is Shark Fights on 94.3theshark.com with Billy Mira.